Ryan, we have just uh, finished our second viewing uh, of the hit film Borat, and um, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, wasn't nearly as tough as I expected it to be. Um, no, no, certainly not. This film, uh, we made the observation as we were watching it that not only does this film clock in at an hour and 23 minutes, including credits, yes, but it's fairly well put together in terms of how it is, it is pace, I would say. Yeah. It moves along at a steady clip. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, I think we, because as we were watching it, you sort of, um... Like, w- when when he first gets to that point where he sees Pamela Anderson on TV, we checked the time, and it was, like, exactly 15 minutes. So, yeah. 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 And for those, of, for those of you who don't know, in, in screenwriting or when you're making a movie, mm-hmm. like, screenwriting 101 is that you want the inciting incident of your film to occur uh, 15 pages into your screenplay, which is roughly 15 minutes into the runtime of the film. Right. Borat does that super precisely... It is a film that is very well put together in terms of a traditional movie structure. Mm -hmm. It has a beginning, middle, and end. It has an inciting incident. It has the kind of low point, like the turning point for Borat in the middle. It has the rise and the fall. Like all those, all those classic tropes that are contained in this hour and 23 minute film about a man impersonating a Middle Eastern dude causing chaos across the country yeah and i like i think that's like the main thing that stands out to me or at least one of the main things that stands out to me on this second watch um that i Uh that we just like didn't really pay attention to or notice the first time around is that for a movie that is so in its content and in the way it was presumably made so chaotic and so like off the cuff and improvisational it's at its core, a very conventional movie. Um, it is. It is. It really is. Yeah. I think that the reason that we noticed the structure so easily this time around is that, um, well, for those of you who are maybe just tuning in, uh, I don't know if we want to do an intro to this podcast, but you are listening to Borat Club. Yes. In case you are wondering about this weird Borat discussion that has maybe autoplayed in your <laughs> in your podcast catcher. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you would suddenly stumble into this. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'm Ryan. Yeah, and I'm Niall, and I and I think we both really want to know, like, if if your podcast uh, app has somehow just auto-played this episode i'd love to know what like fed you here like what you were listening to before it um absolutely uh, absolutely i i i just wanted to do a quick introduction there for some context because this is the i think this is like kind of kind of the first episode that we really get into like what we intend the show to be which is just kind of uh free-balling thoughts and criticism about borat yeah because this this is the uh the second episode or, or technically would you say this is the second or first episode because we have recorded one prior to this but it is a two hour long beat by beat uh summary yeah. of the film borat and i i think we like I, I haven't edited it yet but i think we referred to it as episode zero a bunch of times so let's say this is episode one this is mm. i guess <laughs> that certainly won't be confusing in the future uh, well we, we can, can yeah you know you know what Fuck it. This can be episode one. It can be episode two. I don't give a shit. Sure. The point is that this is the this is the second time that we have watched this movie mm-hmm. for this podcast, and because of that, 
I think what I immediately realized is that this is a film that is not meant to be seen in succession. It is a film that you are meant to watch mm-hmm. like once every three years and laugh at because it does not hold up to, to repeated viewings. No. I think the, um, a big part of this movie is the, is kind of the shock value and the disbelief of it. So when you're watching it for the second time in less than a week, I'd say a lot of that initial like comedy wears mm-hmm. off and yes. you're left looking at you're left looking at other uh, elements of the film which in our case I believe was kind of the kind of the like structure and sort of the mm. the internal gears which propel Borat across its very tight uh, hour and 23 minute runtime. Right. It's sort of um like and I think this is kind of true of a lot of you know, comedies of the mid two thousand. If you th- if you think of like you know Dodgeball or Anchorman or something, it's designed to no, because it is like it's designed for you to remember the catchphrases. You know, and it, uh-huh. and it's not, uh-huh. it's designed to be a movie where like the teens are gonna go to school and they're gonna go my wife or I'm in a glass case of emotion right. or whatever. V- you know, vagi- vagina loose like sleeve of wizard. Right. Or you whatever know, it is that he like, says. It is very much that thing of. It wants you to remember the catchphrases and the key points and for you to repeat those mm-hmm. over and over until you get sick of them. Um, yes. Like, because, like you said, like, we hadn't seen this movie in over a decade each, roughly, um, last week yeah. when we watched it. And so there was so much that you forget in between the, you know, my wife, high five or whatever. Um, that mm, when you come, well, well, you yeah, that when you come back to it, you're suddenly like confronted with these <laughs> moments that once again shock you. And now seeing it six days later, it's like, oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah, of course. This is just a very conventionally paced movie that has you mm-hmm. know a-, a handful of high points uh, and like that's sort of it. And there's. Not a lot in between. It's just sort of him driving around a lot of the time. Um, yeah. I think another reason that we really noticed the structure this time around is because I was actually mapping it out mm-hmm. because I wanted a, I wanted an itemized list of what happens in this movie so we can kind of go through it again and I can count it up. It's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and then. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, uh, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38. There's 38 discrete segments in Borat, which okay. means that if you were doing the calculations for an 80, an 83 minute movie is slightly over two minutes per segment. Like if you're just averaging it out. Right. And there are some that are shorter, but it is very much a movie that that kind of clips along and i think mm-hmm. um i think that's kind of that's kind of what i really took away from it is there i'm sure there's specific stuff that we want to go through here though yeah. um i i noted off the bat this time around the sequence where he's introducing everyone in his village is awful yes i don't think i don't think he tells any legitimate jokes at all in that scene it's just him doing like improv comedy about these people like mm-hmm. oh this is this is the this is my wife she's going to snap my cock in half yeah. and it's like a, 
Okay. This is the kindergarten, and they all have, like, Kalashnikovs in the kindergarten. There's yeah. just, like, weaponry all over the place. It's like, this is the town mechanic. He is also the abortionist. And you're just like, none of this all is right. funny. This is just, like, ugh. Like, on first blush, I guess you'd kind of, like, laugh at it and that, like, oh, I can't believe he's saying this shit. Sure. But then you watch it this time, and you're like... Okay, dude. There are there are two other points. Uh, I did laugh at the final scene in this where uh, he is leaving the town in an old car being pulled by a horse and there's like a 12-year-old pretending <laughs> yes. to drive it. Yeah. Uh, I think I mostly laughed because I just did not catch that when we watched it the last time. The other the other thing that I noticed that I want to kind of set up for this sec for our second episode here mm-hmm. is that Borat is secretly a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, a point you brought up like multiple times during this watch. Uh, yes, just the the similarity, like especially in how characters look and how they're dressed. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's very Wes Anderson. Um, it's really uncanny. It's really weird. I think you could go a step further and say that this is a Wes Anderson movie and how it's like a quirky, like misunderstood love story, I suppose, mm-hmm. where it's this dude who's out of touch with society trying to like integrate himself. But at the end, he realizes he just kind of has to be himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment, the moment I did notice it though was the setup where he's playing ping pong with his brother and they're both wearing these like very retro, like seventies, mm-hmm. like salmon, like ping pong uniforms and the shot is like very symmetrical for some reason and there's no words there's just like music as they like awkwardly try to play ping pong yeah. and it is like it is like something out of like you know like the royal tenant bombs almost it, yeah. it is it is uncanny with how similar it is and this is a recurring theme that we go through in the movie i think all of borat's costumes are one for one something he would wear <laughs> in a in a wes anderson movie uh, the next time i noted it was later on after he arrives in New York and he's watching the TV in his hotel, oh, yes. he has this like he has this like two piece pink and red like sweater, mm-hmm. like knit sweater and like 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 light red like sleeping pants. Yeah, and he's got these like tube socks on. It, it's it's fucking unreal. Yeah. And then the last time the last time you really notice it is at the end where he comes back to his village and he's in this like yellow on yellow like pastel short sleeve yes. shirt with like yellow pants. I I don't know. I don't know who the production designer of this movie is, and I think I think maybe it, it could have been unintentional, just because they're very obviously going for like a retro like seventies like yeah. you know, USSR kind yeah. of like outdated sort of vibe, like like a Napoleon Dynamite sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think I think there's credence to the theory that Borat is one of Wes Anderson's lost films. This is this is what he made between like Royalton and Bombs and the Jarjeeling Limited. This is uh <laughs> this is like his side project. He needed some quick cash and he was like, "Listen, you know, I owe I owe Sasha Baron Cohen a favor." Do you think uh like Wes Anderson pulled like an Alan Smithy kind of thing on the production design, you know, just like went under a fake name just like and that's how Sasha Baron Cohen uh, came to owe him. And <laughs> yeah, see, I said that, but I don't think Sasha Baron Cohen was ever actually in a Wes Anderson movie. Uh, now that I'm looking it up, but the the point the point here is that I agree. I do think this film was directed by Wes Anderson. I think uh, I think <laughs> it should be considered part of his filmography. And I, you know, I've never heard... Who is the director of Borat? Who is the claimed director of the film Borat, is what I want to know. Isn't isn't it just Sasha Baron Cohen? 
That's uh, I want to say. I mean, it would have to be right. Uh, it would have to be. I'm gonna look. And it's this actually up. directed by Larry mm. Charles, who was allegedly a staff writer for Seinfeld, allegedly directed Bruno, and allegedly directed The Dictator. Uh, I don't think you know. Mm. I don't think we can really pin this guy down. I I don't believe it. I'll, uh, the one picture of him on Wikipedia, he's wearing pink Crocs and has a very thick beard yeah, and a fedora. That could be Wes Anderson under all that makeup, is all I'm saying. Yeah, I, th- I think be. there's a real chance that this, this dude is just Wes Anderson. And it says that he has written under the name Rene Fontaine as well. So there is, there is precedent hmm. for Wes Anderson's sort of anonymous treatment of the Borat film. <laughs> So that's kind of that's kind of my big through line for this uh, watch of this film is that this is just a very twee, like pastel sort of journey. Mm-hmm. I, I do think there are places here and there where uh, we had we had a few standouts. Uh, for me, I would say I started keeping track of how many Wawa Wiwas uh, we had, and yes, I only kept track of the first two and then immediately forgot. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> next time. I would say yeah. I would say for me the next big thing is noticing he has this bonkers uh mesh undershirt and underwear. Yeah. Yeah, he does. It's like this weird like cuz it's it's kind of hard to describe it cuz it's it's almost like separate from his underwear. It's uh-huh. you know like it it's like it's as if it's like another layer between his underwear. It's like tights uh-huh. the, you know between his yeah. pants and his underwear and it's so strange and like, you, I, I don't know how we both somehow missed it <laughs> I don't so know. much. I don't it, know. I, it comes up, like, so many times in the movie. You see, like, it's 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 one of the main sight gags in the movie is this, like, weird, like, mesh, like, almost. Like, I think somebody at one point put, points it out and goes, like, is that fishnet or something? <laughs> I think it's one of the dudes when he, like... When he's like learning slang, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. Um, but it's it's such a. I did I did note it, I did specifically note during that scene. I said um I said there's I said I, I wrote down the header for that scene, the bullet point, and I immediately wrote after that roasting his mesh underpants. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know how we yeah. missed that the first time we watched this. There were a lot of bits which I think come with having seen this once and having a lot of the sort of larger bits kind of wear off where mm. where you really do start to notice like the minutia of it just like immediately like um yeah i also had the bit where he says oh shit when the chicken comes out of the luggage in the subway scene yeah. uh there's there's the running of the jew at the beginning which as we talked about last week fucking sucks but um there there is this random dude in the background with like a five foot long trumpet for some reason. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's intended to be a joke, but I thought it was really funny. Uh, we actually, for as famous as it is, we only see the Borat Mankini once in this entire film, and it's for like ten seconds at the very beginning. Yeah, and like the interesting thing about that is when you see him wearing it, he's still in Kazakhstan. Like I feel yeah. like the. The image of it that everyone kind of knows is him, like, on the beach in somewhere like California, but that's not in the movie at all. It's... it's. I guess it's just, like, a promotional image that they shot yeah, for the film. Yeah, it must have been, yeah. Ma- like, was that ever Was that ever on the, Al- the, the Ali G show, or is that... Um, it might have been. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and that actually, like, that you bring up the Ali G show, it kind of uh, brings up a point that, like, I started thinking about as we were watching this, which is... 
you know, like during the Ali G show, he used to do a lot of the same stuff that he does in this movie where he's, you know, going around the United States and he's being just a pest or whatever. Uh-huh. So, like, as we were watching, I started wondering, like, how much of Borat was, you know, sort of scripted around the things that they had organically found later on in the movie, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. like there's a part of me that thinks a lot of this is stuff that they may have filmed for the Ali G show. And at some point he went, you know, instead of putting these like hidden camera, basically things like on the Ali G show, what if we stitched them together and like loosely wrote a plot about Pamela Anderson around them? Like, yeah, started, uh, yeah. I think it is interesting to consider that. Like, I would say, I would consider, like, maybe the subway bit is definitely one of those, but I have to, I have to think that a lot of the, like, interviews that he does in this were filmed just for, like, this, I think so. This this movie. Yeah. I I would say, like, if I had to spitball, at least 70% of this had to be filmed just for this, just for this. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's true, but it's, it's the feeling I get from it, you know? Yeah, and I mean, maybe it's a case as well of, you know, the same kind of thing where they filmed these real-life people, and then mm-hmm. later on they filmed the um, they filmed the story, I guess we could call it, um, around that. Because, you know, something we noticed at one point, or, and that you really pointed out, was, um, like, the scene after Azamat sort of abandons him and he's, like, left alone in his shitty ice cream van, it's... You know, it's it's a well shot movie in the yeah. scenes where it's just telling the story. Like it's very competently put together, mm. um, and I feel like that's you know another part of that that maybe it was built in a weird way. Yeah, I. It's like it's like whoever made this, which I guess is Sasha Baron Cohen and Larry Charles, like really wanted to make a legitimate film in some ways. Because there is that really good shot where he's in this ice cream truck and like off to his side you just see this big empty field of green. And yeah. the color the color composition of it is surprisingly good because he's also wearing his like red like pajama outfit I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh so there's bits and pieces like that, and I think it's interesting to consider like when you really kind of put this movie on a table and dissect it what kind of the culture took from it, you know, because if you, if you Google Borat's suit, because I was, I was looking up, I was trying to find pictures of him just like in his regular ass, like suit that he mm-hmm. wears for 90% of the film. If you Google Borat's suit, all you get is results for like the mankini. It's like all you see pictures of him in, it's all you find like shopping results for. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I think it's weird that that's kind of like permeated our, our culture because I, so much of the promotional material for this film, I guess, is kind of like passed out of common knowledge and you're just left with the text of the movie, you know? And I yeah. think, um, I think it's really interesting to consider how, uh, people who aren't us who are subjecting themselves to torture <laughs> by watching this every week kind of kind of reflect on Borat because I did go out to buy this movie on DVD since the last episode and when when I checked out the woman at the counter looked at me and looked at the DVD and she went oh I almost forgot about this movie and so I think Borat is kind of slipping out of the cultural consciousness you know we still have Wawa Wee we still have my Mm. wife but the movie itself I don't think it's something that people have watched in a long time. 
Yeah, I, I very much uh, like feel like like you said, it's Wawawiwa, it's my wife, it's very nice, it's the mankini, like that's what people remember from Borat. And you know, again, it goes back to like I said, it, it's the same thing with a lot of comedies from that era. It's they remember the catchphrases, they remember yeah. Yeah. you know, just that. You don't remember the minute to minute minutia of the movie and yeah, like, I, I would be really interested to hear, like, watch somebody who hasn't recently watched Borat. Like, somebody else who hasn't, you know, watched it since it came out, or in 10 mm-hmm. years or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I would be interested in, like, getting... Like, maybe if we, if we get to the point where we're having a guest on, we could have somebody just, like, write down what you think the plot of Borat is, roughly, and... Then compare com- yeah, compare it to after you've seen the movie with us, and like, how much did you remember, if anything? Because yeah, yeah, so much of it is just yeah, it's not memorable in that way, you know. No, like absolutely not. And even like the bits that people talk about in this movie, like there's it's it's interesting because some of them really stand out in terms of the interviews that he does. Like the rodeo one is obviously really gruesome mm-hmm. because that guy's is, is a fucking nightmare. Uh, the frat boy one is is memorable because they're like cartoon yeah. characters, you know. But yeah. where where I expect I would expect this movie to really shine in terms of being a satire is like Sasha Baron Cohen exploiting sort of the political situation, and he doesn't really do that. I mean, he does it implicitly, but he actually mm. gets conversations with two I, I think Republican lawmakers, Bob Barr and Alan Keyes, yes. and both times they only use like. 25 seconds or like 25 seconds to a minute of the interview that he had with these people with um yeah with bob Barr, with bob Barr, who's like this this really awful you know i i that's the other thing is that this movie has aged in the sense that i don't know who these people are like in 2006 Hmm. if you were keeping up with politics like republican politics i'm sure that this dude bob Barr would be like a huge get for this movie in terms of like lampooning the republican establishment but in sure. 2000, in 2019, it's like nothing. It's like, it's like, it's like Joe Schlo. It, it's like nothing. It's like Joe Schmo, you know? I don't yeah. know, I don't know this dude from like anyone else. Like these days, we remember fucking like, uh, you know, Carl Rove, like, uh, Dick yeah. Cheney, like that yeah. kind of shit. Yeah. Um, this dude is, this dude, I have no idea who he is. And the only, his only purpose in this interview is to make a funny face when Borat says that the bre- the cheese was from his wife's breast, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's, there's no, there's no incisive like commentary. There's no like poking mm-hmm. a sleeping lion here. It's just like, Hey, I'm Borat. I'm serving you titty milk. What do you think about that? Take that establishment. Yeah. And, and I, um, like looked up some of these, or like I I looked up some articles about Borat that talked about some of these people in the movie, and mm-hmm. both these um, politicians like they get one joke each, and when you read this article, I'll try and find it again to link it to you, but it's like you know it's it was talking about sort of their policies, and these guys are like prolific as you know these homophobic like ultra right-wing conservative christian dudes and they kind of don't play on that at all like the closest they get to it is um what's the other guy's name alan alan keys alan Alan keys Keys. like he's a very from what i gather notorious uh you know uh anti uh you know gay marriage you know very homophobic type of dude and like the whole thing with him is just that 
he tells Borat that the people he met and, you know, wrestled and, you know, uh, drank with basically are homosexuals. And that's the entire joke is that, yeah. is that it's him having to break the news to Borat that he met gay people and Borat being devastated that he met some gay guys. Like, that's the whole thing with him. It is, yeah. I, so, so two bits about this. First, uh, the irrelevant bit. I noticed that one of the dudes in his hotel room, when he brings them back from the gay pride parade, is just wearing a Mr. Clean shirt, which yeah. I really like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's really good. And the second bit is like, yeah, it, it just hasn't aged well at all. Uh, it'd be like if you made Borat today and you interviewed, like, fucking Sean Spicer or something, you know? Yeah. Like, like he's barely even relevant right now. In 10 years, no one's going to fucking remember who Sean Spicer was. It, it's right. like that. It's like fucking Steve Bannon, these like two piece chicken McNobodies from the Trump administration who are bad people, don't get me wrong, but course, are ultimately yeah. going to be uh, kind of lost to the tides of history in comparison to the larger, you know, wave of fascism that the administration mm -hmm. is propagating. It's, yeah. um, I don't know, they're interesting pools. I would be interested to hear how this played in like 2006, but regardless, they just don't do anything. Like, there's no, yeah, there, it's 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 like that really kind of weak sauce, like barely left of center liberal thing, where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, we're gonna we're gonna make fun of the Republicans by by tying their shoes together and laughing and running away. You know, it's yeah. it's that same. It's it's like Alec Baldwin on SNL, like parodying Trump or whatever. Yeah, it's it, that it's that same kind of bullshit. Yeah, it's a it's a very um like uh, Daily Show or Colbert Report type um you know like easy yeah. low hanging fruit joke. Yeah, um, there's just there's just nothing incisive about it at all. It doesn't it yeah. doesn't uh there's there's no there's no bite to it whatsoever. Yeah, which, actually, like the thing that most stands out to me about both of it is actually like it's it's not something that either one of them say or do it's like he makes a racist remark about alan keys like that's yeah. like that's the thing that stands out the most as opposed to anything that either of these two horrible politicians actually say is that borat makes you know a racist joke about one of them which yeah. sucks yeah uh it's it's not funny yeah it's 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 sort of like it reads to me almost as like this classic thing you see that or that you've seen a lot especially in i think the past 10 years um is this like the liberal takes a swipe at the awful like far right person and in the process says something awful themselves you know yeah like yeah it's exactly it's exactly that thing um i don't i just feel like this movie so much of so much of what it purports to do in terms of like satirizing the American condition at the time is more more proponent on the way uh, Americans live, mm -hmm. like just just casual man off the street American people. And so I guess on a second blush, it's a little bit disappointing that when the thing actually gets itself to the point where it can uh, you know kind of confront these people, that it doesn't really do anything right to 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 kind of do that and i know he's had a show since then like this is like we are america or like this is america yeah. or something uh who is america i think is what it's called and i've heard nothing about that show so i have to assume it's not very uh good. i watched or i tried to watch it and i couldn't get through the first mm -hmm. episode he he actually did mm. a bit in that first episode where he was he was like having dinner with another like you know, right-wing Republican congressman or senator or something. I can't remember who exactly it was or what their job was, but he was playing this, like, 
parody of what you know, a parody of like a far left, like you know, uh, bleeding mm. heart, like vegan type, and that was the whole joke. Was that you know, mm. it was all the low hanging fruit for both sides, and it was just, you know, it it sort of said to me that like, oh, this is like, because uh, at the time, obviously, I hadn't watched Borat in ages, so it was just like, <laughs> oh, this is really weak. But now remembering that and having just watched Borat. Like, it's just like, oh, dude, like, Sasha Baron Cohen is not this, like, incisive genius you think he is. He's, like, no, he's, pr- no. he's pretty, like, lame when all things are considered. That's, it's like what I said earlier. Borat is so contingent on you basically, like, watching it once yeah. and absorbing it all on that first blush that it really falls apart the more you kind of look at it, I would say. At least in terms of... um like a lot of what it tries to tries to say that it's about being yes. this like cultural you know critique which it which it really isn't like no. it tries to be and i think in a couple places it works but it has less to do with Sasha Baron Cohen being the instigator and more just like letting these people talk right you know? like and that's that's the most damning thing of all is just letting them speak right. i would say and i think the rodeo scene is like the best example of that like this time yeah. around, I like I, I think the last time we watched it, we were kind of talking over a lot of it as it was happening. But I I was paying uh-huh. more attention to what the dude was saying this time, and mm-hmm. he was like basically telling Borat that like because of his name and because of his mustache to him, like he looks like a Muslim, and Borat should shave his mustache so that he he could pass as an Italian, and it's like yeah. oh my god, like and, and this is like. Borat, Borat isn't even really saying anything in this entire scene. It's just this guy no, is just no, no, no. Glowing. He's just he's just like nodding, nodding and agreeing yeah. with what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's really gruesome. Um, I did I did write down a joke about his name, but it feels like the more I remember it, the less it feels funny and more just like <laughs> a, like like putting a bandage over like a gaping wound. Um, the dude's name is Bobby Rowe, and I thought it was funny that he's at a rodeo. And I, I had oh. some like half baked joked about his name being Rodeo, like R E O yeah. Speedwagon, but it, it's really like I don't know. The dude is so reprehensible. You can't really you can't really grind any comedy out of that. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the funniest thing to me that happens here is still the line about other Central Asia countries have inferior potassium. Yeah, it's <laughs> which is it's just when he sings he's. He goes up, he, for those who don't know, he goes up and he sings the national, he purports that he's going to sing the national anthem. He hypes the whole crowd up with this stuff like, oh, we support the war in Iraq, mm-hmm. people cheer. Like, oh, kill the terrorists, people cheer. He says George W. Bush should drink the blood of every man, woman, and child in the Middle East and people still cheer for that. Yeah. Uh, it's not until he says he sh- they should raise the countries until not even a lizard can live there that people kind of fall off of it. Yeah. But um, the bit here is that he almost incites a riot by singing a fake Kazakhstan national anthem to the tune of the American yes. national anthem. Yeah. Uh, and people, people flip the fuck out over this. Uh, but the funny, the funny line that he gets in is, um, uh, Kazakhstan, number one exporter of potassium. All other Central Asian countries have inferior yeah. potassium or something like that. And for some, for some reason, that still sticks for me, I think, especially with how nervously he's singing. <laughs> yeah, because, like, you can tell by that point in the song that it is getting bad there, and, like, it gets so bad that there's, like, there's, like, a dude on a horse holding the American flag, and, like, the horse gets so startled by 
just the crowd being about to murder this dude that the like the dude falls off the horse and like every you can tell that like everything is about to go very very wrong and like even yeah. you can see in Sasha Baron Cohen's eyes that even he's like oh yeah <laughs> it's really good um it's like I think it's like the one time where the where like the reaction of the people and him doing the bit like actually kind of click and like line up in mm-hmm. a funny way. Yeah. Um and even then even then it's not like gut bustingly funny, it's just me chuckling at like him saying the words inferior potassium because yeah. what the fuck does that even mean, you know? Yeah. Um uh, if we if we just kinda of wanna go through this like bit by bit, after this is the garage sale where he goes to mm-hmm. buy a Baywatch magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is not funny. No. Um, this is not even really a comedy scene. It's just him. It's just him. Like he uses a he uses a very famous slur towards I suppose the Roma uh, people. I guess um, yeah, the Roma people. Um, that that is probably the most sensitive way that we can put this because I don't I don't really want to say it to be honest. Sure. I I uh, this this is this isn't funny. He's accusing her of like going in and like stealing the stuff from those people's houses yeah and we covered this we covered this on the first episode but the the part that i really hated myself at laughing at here is that um this would be funny out of context but he picks up a barbie doll and he says who is this woman you have shrunk yeah and like that line on its own is is really funny and kind of like a very surrealist way but the fact that he's you know stringing it together with this very bad like idea mm. that really has no comedic purpose whatsoever is is not good yeah. um I, I don't like this scene i think it's pointless uh it, it's literally just a story scene for him yes. to buy the uh, baywatch magazine yeah and i uh, after I, this I, I i just want to say um i think what really makes this scene stand out as like really really bad is it reminds me of you know when you're like at a family gathering or whatever and like your uncle is trying to tell a joke and he thinks it's really funny and nobody laughs yeah and he just repeats the joke over and over and over and over like that's exactly what this scene is because he's not getting the reaction out of this woman that he wants this this woman this woman is like stone facing it she's like haha you know i'm not i'm you know middle eastern americana he's like did you steal she's like nope came from the house you know i i think this scene is so like unfunny that the only reason they kept it in had to be because of like the baywatch magazine and it makes me wonder like they had to have like planted that there or something right like that had to have been i I don't know like like it it raises a question because i know the four actors for sure in this movie are borat azimat uh the girl that plays linnell and then uh, Pamela Anderson was in on it. Those are the four that yeah. I know. So, See, like, it makes me wonder how much of this bit is 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 like staged in some subtle way for him to get this magazine to fucking propel the plot of Borat forward. Yeah, and this is like one of those things that made me start thinking, like, you know, where did they build the plot around? Like, what did he organically find the Baywatch magazine, and then they went, you know, okay, let's build this around Pamela Anderson, or did they like? plant it did they hire just some random actress you know uh, it's it's one of those that sort of blurs the lines but like the way she's reacting Mm -hmm. to him um like he sort of the fact that she's giving him nothing you know um as he as Uh he's repeating like his one joke that he sort of has here sort of 
sort of implies that this isn't entirely scripted, but, uh, you know, who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. After this, um, we get to the part that we were talking about with the dudes. I guess they're outside, like, a school or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's night, and he rolls up to this to this uh, group of guys, and um, he's trying to get them to teach him slang, and uh, they roast this mesh underwear. And uh, this this scene, I think, is funny because the, these dudes are in such, like, good humor about yeah. it, too. Like. Like they're they're having the fucking time of their lives, like like roasting Borat and having fun, like talking to this weird dude that just rolled up in this ice cream truck. Yeah, it's uh, it's like the opposite of the frat boy scene that comes later, where like those frat boys are so like obviously mean spirited about the whole thing and just being yeah. awful. Like these dudes are playing along and having fun with Borat, and and it, it's it's funny because the optics of this movie they really make you think that Borat's in like this bad part of town mm-hmm. and like yes. oh you know it's like they're in danger, but then these guys end up coming out looking probably the best out of anyone in this entire yeah. movie, which I think is funny. Yeah. Uh, the payoff for this scene is that he walks into this hotel and he's like speaking and slaying. Uh, this the part where he tries to talk to the dude at the register yeah. sucks. It's, uh, it's really bad. But the first moment of this where he walks in with his pants pulled down, looking like he shat himself, yeah. like walking, like waddling back and forth, is really funny. <laughs> and his hair is all disheveled, and like the dude looks at him and he sort of looks at the cameraman, like what, like what is this? <laughs> and just like yeah. As soon as as soon as Borat starts talking, it, it's immediately not as funny. But yeah. um, after this, after this, we get the really bad uh, scene at the Jewish bed and breakfast. Uh, I will say this scene stood out to me this time, not because of we we kind of had our way with this scene last episode. I yeah. would say uh, in terms of how problematic we thought it was, but the funny part about this is that the people in this uh, scene were actually thought the movie was fairly funny when it came out, which mm-hmm. is great. But um, they did say they were afraid that they were shooting porn up in the yeah. room when they checked in which i think is hilarious yeah. i, I um, saw one of them like refer to him as like a comedic genius um like i wouldn't go that yeah far. i wouldn't i like, wouldn't I'm either glad, like maybe I'm glad, they had, I'm glad they had a good time yeah, but uh, maybe in 2006, I, would not, I would not say that uh, he qualified as a comedic genius i don't know if he still does uh today uh but yeah like it's you know like we talked about last week there's you know they're throwing money at these cockroaches and it's all just very it's all very it's a lot it's a lot and it's not great yeah uh it's uh not amazing after this we get to the where he tries to buy he tries to buy protection from the jews yeah um he goes to he goes to a gun store. Uh, it's really bad because the dude is like totally on board with Borat asking what guns will kill Jewish people the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funniest, the, the only funny part from this I took away is that this dude's cowboy hat's really tall. It's for some huge. Reason. Like, yeah. like it's like abnormally tall. Like it's not like uh, it's not like you know Fairly Odd Parents Doug Dimmadome whatever. Like it's not that tall, mm-hmm. but it's just tall enough from being a regular cowboy hat that you notice it. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a ten gallon hat it's like a 12 and a half gallon hat i would say uh then we get the whole sequence of them going to buy the turtle uh did you have anything to say about that Uh, i I felt about the same way yeah i did too i just want to say with the gun uh shop scene i the him calling himself dirty harold is still funny i (laughs) it is it is yeah but yeah he gets the bear and then they you know they go on their way um 
and they then they end up at the etiquette lesson That's the right. dinner, which I actually took. I took several notes on it this time. Yeah. Um, first of all, I noticed during this scene with a lot of close-up of Sasha Baron Cohen is that he's actually, I'd say he's like traditionally fairly handsome. Like he has really good bone structure in his sure. face. And I don't know why I noticed that this time, but it stood out. Um, one thing that actually got me this time, which I don't know if I feel bad about laughing about this, but um, when he introduces his son as Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis. Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> Because it's just so ridiculous, you know, like, it, it, it's just, because he's just like, you know, because during the movie up to this point, like, every name he's talking about of a, of, a, of a person from his hometown is, you know, something that sounds Central Asian or, you know, Russian. Yeah. And then he's yeah. just like, Huey Lewis, and you're just... Yeah. That whole... It's, uh, yeah. it's... It's it's interesting. I I noticed the dude they get to play his son, who again we established this last episode is like an actual like adult porn star. Okay. Uh, this dude's this dude's packing. <laughs> like there is that image of him, the close up on his dick, like the third image. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Okay, I guess that's supposed to be part of the humor of it too. Yeah. But um, it really it, it really caught me off guard. I didn't really laugh at it, but I was just like, all right. Uh, the other thing the other thing I noticed here is that. I was really shocked that after all the bullshit that happens in this, the part where he brings the literal bag of shit is not what causes them to call off this dinner. Yeah. Um, it's not until they bring, like, this non-white, like, non-traditionally attractive person into this, like, dinner of very conservative white people that they start getting, like, freaked out. Like, this dude has literally brought them a handful of human shit. Yeah. And they're still willing to go along with it until he calls someone who shows up wearing, like, a crop top and a cowboy hat. Yeah. And maybe that's just, like, the final straw, but I don't know. I think I think it's interesting to kind of examine that and be like, these people will not kick this dude out for, like, handing them actual human feces, but they will kick him out for, like, calling this yeah. other person. Which I guess, I, I guess, you know, like, if it were, if it were me and... I don't want to get into that. I don't want to say what I wouldn't wouldn't do in a Borat type situation. Sure, but, um, but I, I think the I think like it's that thing like because you know in between him leaving to go to the bathroom and him coming back with the bag of shit, they're like talking about you know he's such a nice man, but you know he's the cultural differences and it's gonna take him a long time to get adapted. So you know they're they're still sort of at this point of like oh he doesn't know what a toilet is you know like yeah um yeah whereas once he calls lunel who is a sex worker in the story i guess um lunel fucking rules she's great. i i, she's I great. love her i love this actress yeah the scene when they're leaving the dinner with Borat and Azimat in the ice cream truck, and then she's, like, sitting with her legs out right behind the windshield is such a good shot. Like, yeah. I, I, it's, it's really great. I, th I think the point that I'm trying to get at is that if you look at it, like, I, it gets tricky, too, because of the editing of this film. Mm. Like, it's hard to tell, like, what happened when sure. and, like, the progression of this. Um, but I, I, I just think, I just think that, like, Maybe it's just because they are out of patience, like, I don't know, but, like, the fact that that's what does it is is fairly telling, maybe, or yeah, maybe I think it's so. just... I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to get at here, but, um, after this, uh, after this, we get them going to the, uh, Civil War antique store. Yeah. You mentioned this, uh, that this is, like, the most obvious setup of all time, where he, yeah. like, accidentally falls and breaks a ton of the shit. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. I think after the first time you watch this, and you, the humor, the initial humor of it goes past, uh, you're just kind of like sadly watching this occur and like 
there's not a whole lot of humor to it. You're just watching this man, like, fall into all these, like, plates. Like, very limply and, like, very obviously staged, too. Like, he does yeah. a lot of slapstick in this, but he's not even, like, that good at it, I think, is the problem. No, and it's just, you know, like like you said, the way the scene is shot and the way everything is set up, you know exactly what's going to happen. And, therefore, like, I, I felt this way sort of last week when we watched it, was that, like, there's no real comedy to this scene because you know everything that's going to happen because it's a wide shot the cameraman is clearly like 20 feet you know back like up against the wall so that he can get as much stuff as possible you know these lamps and these like plates are precariously placed uh you know like the first thing he knocks is like he swings his arm out to as he's yeah he does this really big exaggerated motion where he knocks over this like statue or whatever it's it's just like baby's first jackass you know um like when you're caught up in like the caught up in like the pacing of the movie, like of course it's going to be funny. But like when when you're starting to kind of take it apart, uh, I don't. It, it's just fine. Like it's okay. Yeah. Uh, after this is the uh, the big thing where they have the nude fight in the hotel. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is maybe this is maybe my most shameful laugh is that when they're fighting nude and Borat stands up from the chair and drops his towel for the first time. There's like a foot long sensor <laughs> yeah, bar on his dick. There is, <laughs> and I. I was cackling. Um, I hate. I hate that I laughed at that so much, but it really got me. Yeah, and that's like um, contrasted by the fact that they don't censor Azamat at all. Um, no, no. There's a full ass scene where he is on the bed, and you see his entire balls and asshole, like in Borat's face, like completely uncensored. Yeah, it's it's like a visual gag where as they're fighting, they wind up in sixty nine, and first off. That one position goes way longer than I realized last week. It feels like it yeah, goes yeah. forever. The, um, the editing in this scene is like really shoving your face in it, where it's like, it's like, okay, haha, we get it. Like they're doing, like I said this last time, they're doing the funny gay sex positions. Yeah. But then once you like ruminate on that for more than like 10 seconds of that initial shock, it's just not like that funny, yeah, I guess. It's like, not. I assume that they're. I assume that they're assuming like everyone in the audience is going to be in such hysterics over this that they have to give it time to breathe. Yeah. But um, the real humor of this scene is when they're in the elevator and there's like a dude that like walks past the open door, <laughs> yeah. and just like glances in. He's just like, there's, like this dude who looks like he wants to like just be anywhere else in the elevator with them, which yeah. is really good. Yeah. Uh, then after this, Asmat leaves and we get uh, Borat being reflective. We get the RV stuff with the uh, frat boys, which I just said, they really just feel like awful, like super stereotypical cartoon characters. Uh, Borat says, Borat says that he will, quote, uncork her yeah. in reference to taking Pamela Anderson's virginity, yeah, the, which of like... <laughs> the, like, the crux of this scene, essentially, is that he is trying to, like, he keeps repeating that he will take Pamela Anderson's virginity and he will uncork her and it's so, it's such a gr- <laughs> it's that. such a gross like like just the way he's terming it like uncork her is just ugh. I will say I will say in terms of discomfort he does a lot of really good like I well, I have to assume is improvisational wordplay oh, yeah. with that kind of stuff like um, as bad as it is like when he says that um his wife's vagina was loose like sleeve of wizard. Yeah. Uh, I think that's like that's that's such a good like vivid image, but the fact that it's used in service of this awful joke is really stupid. Um, the 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 frat dudes in this 
in this RV mispronounce his way name like six different ways. Yeah. Like you said, they are they are the polar opposite of the dudes that he talks to earlier, where yeah. they are just really horrible people. There's one dude in like one of the three frat like they're all terrible, obviously, but there's one dude, he's like the dude with the like really short shaved head. Um yeah, he like the buzz head. Yeah, yeah, he comes off like as bad as the other two dudes come off, this dude comes off like the worst. Because the other two, like, are kind of having fun with Borat a little bit, as well as making fun of him, but this dude is just, like, cutting off Borat every time he says stuff. He's just screaming at him. He's, like, talking about, like, he's saying awful things about women. He Borat, at one point, um, proposes that they play a game called, I wrote this down, (laughs) When the Snake Eats the Pig, where he essentially says you take a piece of cheese and put it in your dick hole and get a mouse to eat it and the dude is just like i'll fucking do it you know like he's trying to be this yeah, like I, macho I, posturing i have i have i have the exact words that he says he goes completely stone faced and he says i'll do it i don't give a fuck i'll do yeah. it uh which is kind of made me laugh just because his delivery of it is so bananas but at the same time like i everything about this dude makes me super uncomfortable uh he's the worst after he kind of is He's the worst. Uh, they they show him Pamela Anderson's sex disc. Then uh, he gets all sad. Then he ends up in the revivalist church. Um, this is a really confusing scene for me uh, mm-hmm. because being reminded that people like this exist is like an actual nightmare for me. Like I I forget that these kind of people just exist out in the fucking world. You know, mm-hmm. um, this dude is like holding Borat's hands and doing tongues. Yeah, and it feels like it's a bit. Like it's so unbelievable that you're like this has to be a bit. But I don't. I don't think it is. Is the no, thing because he's the dude that takes like Borat up to the pastor, um, and he's with Borat yeah, the whole time. Yeah. He's constantly holding Borat's hand when the pastor is like putting his hand on Borat's head to like transfer the spirit of God into him or whatever like that is. Uh, this dude is still holding Borat's hand. He's helping Borat the entire time. Like this dude is invested in Borat. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so are we. Sure, but, like, you know, like, he really wants Borat to be saved, basically, you know. And like you said, like, even before (laughs) Borat, you know, is taken up to the altar, and it just shows them during the regular sermon or whatever, they're holding hands, you know. Like, it, it, it almost sort of feels like because when Borat comes into this, you know, revival... He's sort of standing at the back by himself, and it almost and and like he obviously you know because he, he slept outside, so he looks disheveled. He's you know he looks as bad as he could possibly look, and it almost like it felt to me like this dude probably saw Borat and went over to Borat and was like, "I will be your friend. I am here for you." You know, uh, like that's sort of yeah. yeah what I got out of it. But like we said last week, this scene itself doesn't like offer much there's no in the way of criticism. there's no there's like, no it's just sort of presenting this very straight faced you know like it's yeah it's like this is what this is this is a thing this is who these people are sort of if you were if you were like a conservative christian like watching this i could very easily see how you would not glean like any comedy from this scene whatsoever right. like you would glean comedy from the fact that board is so obviously out of place here but you would not be like me where you're watching this and you're getting, like, Ajita, like, seeing these people, like, speak in tongues and, like, say that evolution is fake sure. and, like, this big this big sign that says, thank God for the blood in the back. Yeah. Um, there's, a lo- there's a lot going on here and, um, I don't know, maybe I'll do, like, a frame-by-frame analysis of this <laughs> on our next episode. But after this, we get the, uh, 
he makes it to Hollywood. He meets Azamat. Yeah. Um, we get the films. Uh, surprisingly, the only Hitler reference in the entire yeah. film. Um, he says Azamat. He thought he was dressed like Hitler. Uh, this is also when I wrote down that this film was quote mercifully fast paced yes. because I could not believe that it was already almost over. Yeah, we we then, like, checked um, the timestamp at this point and we were like, oh, there's probably like a half an hour left, and it's like literally ten minutes left, including sub yeah. or the credits. So it is yeah. fast. It goes. That is the one merciful thing about watching this film, like we're going to be watching it, is that it just clips. Yeah. Um, the uh, the one thing that actually did make me laugh this time, uh, which I don't think I noticed the last time we watched it, was when Borat and Azamat make up, and Borat does this thing where he rubs yeah. his nose on Azamat's forehead, which I thought was very funny because it reminds me of the Tim and Eric uh, <laughs> business hugs skit, yeah. where it's like Ray Weiss coming in and like telling you how to hug, and you do all these like, arm motions and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, after this, uh, we get the uh, Virgin Megastore bit where he finally meets Pamela Anderson. Mm. This is like... This is like a very straight kind of scene where Pamela Anderson is in on this and he tries to kidnap her and she runs away. Yeah. Uh, the funniest part about this scene is finally we get a payoff for the the not yeah. jokes that were yeah, set up we early do. in the film where the police are dragging him away and he's like, Pamela, it's okay. I'm not attracted to you anymore. Not. Yeah. And like and like that that actually got me yeah, because that is the one time that this film has like set up a joke and like paid it off later. Yeah. It's it's the only time this movie does that. Uh, then after that, we get back to uh, his village in Kazakhstan. No, it, it, and um, again, uh, after this, oh yeah, yeah, it show, yeah, it shows yeah, we, him we go like, back to Lunel. Yeah, he, he was like, I, I am going back to New York to fly home or whatever. And then he was like, on my way back, I realized you know, true love or whatever, and it shows him at Lunel's house in Texas or wherever this is. I think she's in, like, Alabama. Sure, yeah. somewhere in the south. Um, yeah, and, th and then it, like, cuts back to him in Kazakhstan. Yeah, and this is where I noted that, once again, he's wearing this very Wes Anderson, yeah. like, yellow-on-yellow -yellow pastel short-sleeve outfit. Uh, again, there is almost no comedy to this final scene. I, I did not even laugh at the dude with the rubber fist duct taped to his no. arm. Uh, that's, that is, that is a sight gag that is horrible and it's horrible in a way that it makes you laugh the first time. And then the second time you're like, cause you know, it's coming. It's just like, that's yeah. just bad. Yeah. That's just not a thing you should find funny. So yeah. The um the the bit where his wife is hooked up to like a milking machine, yeah. which was not funny, not very funny the first time. Uh, just kind of head scratching the second time. You know, yeah. I still don't really like. I guess it's supposed to be a a bad joke about how she's fat or has big breasts or whatever. Like I don't fucking yeah. know. Uh, it, it it's too muddled and there's no comedy to it whatsoever. But um, that's basically Borat in a in a much smaller nutshell than we talked about last week. Um. Mm. Uh, I, I guess we're kind of winding down here at about uh, 55 minutes of Borat discussion. Now, yeah. is there anything? Is there anything that we kind of want to cover on our way out? How, how, what's What's the mood on Borat? Like the overall mood on our second viewing? Yeah, I, I feel like um, like we kind of had this revelation probably no more than a half an hour into the movie. Is that like sooner than that? Yeah. Sooner than that. For me, it was like it was like fifteen, like ten, sure, 12, yeah, 15 I, I, I'm, I was just guessing it when it was, but you know, like we sort of had uh -huh. the revelation that 
oh, this ha- this is going to have like no value uh, at no, all. Uh, no. w- not this podcast, which obviously has no value, but like the movie is going to have no value to us within, oh, let's say probably a month. <laughs> like there's... I'd say two yeah. weeks, two weeks. Two, uh, by viewing five, we're going to be like, we're going to be in the territory where we're making up backstories for like side yeah. characters. I, I, am, I am almost That's certain. That's kind of what I want though. Um, like, I, I, I want to get to the point where like we're trying to... Pe- we're, we're like doing the conspiracy theories. We're we're becoming a podcast version of those YouTube videos that like pick out symbols in a background somewhere and go, oh, it's the, yeah. you know, like <laughs> my my first conspiracy theory, and you can write this down, is that Borat was secretly di- directed by Wes sure. Anderson. Okay, uh, that's that's my first conspiracy theory. Um, my my final note, uh, I had one more that we didn't get to, was that. The dude who's the driving instructor is is again really great. Uh, I said he was like a king. He's like a king of the hill character yeah, here, he re- which he I really think is, is really funny. He, he really feels like God. He is just he's he's doing his absolute best. Um, and I think kind of to some extent, the dude who sells him the car is sort not. He's not like quite on that level, yeah. but he's he's good humored about it. You know, he's sort of like. Because that's who I think Borat is, like, talking about the wizard sleeve joke, and, like, he's just like, yeah, you know, yes. whatever. Um, I do like the parts where these people are like, okay, I'll play along with this to some extent. You know, you have those yeah. two guys, yeah. you have the dudes that teach him slang, you have... The dudes with the, the dude who brings him the yeah. telegram and high yeah, fives high and five. says his wife is dead. And he's just like trying to smile. And... The, the thing the thing I notice about that scene is there's this really good awkward pause yeah. where uh, he reads the te- he reads the telegram. Borat says, "How can this be true?" or something, and the dude is like, "Well, it, it seems that's what." And he like silently like rereads it to yeah. himself because he obviously doesn't want to like confirm it. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, yep, yep, that's that's what it says." And then. See, I- you very nice. Yeah. See, I took that as him, like, rereading it to make sure he got it right, because he's kind of reading it, and it's in, like, broken English, so maybe he's like, uh-huh. well, maybe, I, maybe you know, that's not what it means, you know, and he's, like, making sure is the way I took it, but, like, Borat high-fives him, and he, you can tell, like, he's, like, smiling, and he's kind of laughing along with Borat, but you can tell he's, like, he's, like, dying in his eyes. He's just like, yeah. oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I guess that does it. We can just call this short. Sure, yeah. Uh, I I don't want to do I don't want to do the episode zero bullshit because it gets too confusing with having right. to reference it. But um, so this is episode. Two, I think. Uh, say. Yeah. This this is episode two. Um, I uh, overall I don't I still don't hate this movie. I just think it's going to have extremely diminishing returns. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that I'm really hoping that we can get some guests on once we've kind of gotten in the swing of things and get kind yeah. of their perspective yeah. on this movie. But um, I think we need a couple more, like like maybe like you know two more viewings or so to kind yeah, of get this, the the headspace of yeah. it. Um, you know, it's it's fine. It's not. It's Borat is not the worst film I've ever seen. I will no. go. I will go on record as saying that. Like, it's not great, but you could definitely do worse. It's aged extremely poorly, mm-hmm. and Sasha Baron Cohen is not the comedic genius everyone makes him out to be. But um, I'm just interested to see how this goes for us in the future. Yeah. You know, I was, I was fairly excited after our first time to watch this a second time. Now, now I feel like we're really starting to get more in certain territory. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like there's a, there's a part of me that like, 
last week we were both kind of like you know it's not bad as or it we were really right we were riding a high yeah, of like, like we, of like actually sitting down and, and i'm realizing i'm saying this now and i think i gave it like a three out of ten and you gave it like a four but we were like it's not the worst movie ever you know and it's it's not no. aged well but now and we're already on watch too and i'm already like this is really just like nothing you know like this is this is really just like a couple of catchphrases you know that's kind of all it is and very conservative very conventional filmmaking in a lot of ways that and like you know it, it it is so obvious that this is not a movie you're supposed to watch Absolutely uh, more not. than Absolutely once not. in a five to ten year uh, span. So I, th- I, I think we're going to be so sick of this movie in a month's time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think we're going to have this film down to like the atomic structure. Yeah. You know, like we will see the Borat molecules. Yeah, so I to think speak. so. Because um, you know, like we're like we keep saying, there is just nothing to this. Um, no. And no. I think I think it, it's going to be very interesting to see how long it takes for us to absolutely hate this movie. Like to That's kind of that's kind of my big experiment. Yeah. That's kind of why I really wanted to get on this podcast is to see like how many times a human being can watch Borat in such quick succession before just like despising it. Yeah. And uh I, I, I guess we'll find out. Um I think that pretty much wraps up episode two of Borat Club. Niall, do you have anything you want to go ahead and promote as we uh, put the bow on this one? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, I don't have social media anymore, so you can um, find... Good for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I highly recommend not being on social media um, for anybody who... I guess I do know actually because we have the Borat Club Twitter, which is at Borat Club. Well, that's um, like a that's like a that's basically like a brand sure, account, yeah. you know. Um, but you can find my video game podcasts, writing videos, everything um, at videogamechoochoo.com or the short link is chooch.biz as in, you know, a choo-choo train. Um, yeah. Ryan, what about you? Where can people find you, listen to you? Uh, you can find me, if you just want to find my Twitter, it's at SewerPeak. Uh, if you want to find my other show, it's going to be called Emojidrome where uh, my good friend Andy and I from Friends at the Table go through a different emoji every week and judge and compare every different variation of that emoji, like the ones on all the different carriers and uh, phone providers and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really stupid. It is. We have a lot of fun with it. I hear I hear people say it's a good show. Uh, don't believe me, though. <laughs> go check it out. Emojidrome, at Emojidrome on Twitter. Promote, promote, promote. Bang, bang, bang. Finger guns. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for episode two of Borat Club. Niall, I will join you next week for the third installment. I cannot wait. Of the Borat The Borat, the Borat Saga. Very excited. See you next week, Ryan. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. See ya.